before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about our free discovery call. If you're unsure how to start or build a consistent brand, let's talk. Just go to danielleclarkcreative.com to book your free discovery call and see how you can create a brand that helps you win more customers and reach your goals. Welcome to Build Better Brands. I'm Danielle Clark and this show is here to provide insights, techniques and strategies to help you establish a better brand with confidence and clarity. We're on a mission to help as many people as possible start and build stronger brands so they can create happier, healthier lives for themselves and those around them. Hello and welcome to another episode of Build Better Brands. Today I'm joined by Andrea Pacini. He's a presentation coach and founder of Ideas on Stage UK. And Andrea specialises in working with business owners, leaders and teams, especially for those that want to become more confident presenters. So he's on a mission to really help Um, people get their ideas out and uh, make sure that people present their ideas well so welcome to the show today Andrea. Thank you thank you very much Danielle I'm I'm looking forward to this conversation. Me too me too so obviously I've asked you you've come onto the show today because you've been working in in this field for around 12 years now um, helping lots of different brands and lots of different clients around the world, um, including companies like Microsoft and Lacoste to um, really get better at speaking. Um, And obviously as business owners, as entrepreneurs and founders, we we often have ideas and things that we want to share. And and it's common for people to um, do talks in person or even if it's a a conversation via zoom with a potential client we are presenting a lot now so um how are you how are you finding um that that's changed especially since covid you know presenting on a in person and and on an online online space i've noticed daniel a couple of two or three things that there may be a few others but two or three things that that really changed one is technology the importance of technology now when you are presenting pitching communicating in person yes there are a few things to consider for example if you are using slides when presenting you want to make sure that that's covered and everything works but apart from that technology doesn't make and shouldn't make a huge difference when you're presenting in person online it does so we do need to pay more attention to the technological element and i'm talking about things like having a good microphone webcam lighting headphones all these kind of things so that's one thing to consider the setup another thing is audience interaction now audience interaction is always important but online it's even more important because online it's even harder to keep the audience's attention high And the audience's attention is a bit like the sand in an hourglass. If you think about the sand in an hourglass, it runs out after a few minutes. But it's very easy to just flip you over and start again. Okay. 
Now the attention is the same thing. As presenters, we can flip you over and start again, which means that every every now and again we need to find ways to interact with the audience so that we 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 flip you over in terms of their attention. Now, when you're presenting online, you want to do that every 10 minutes, more or less, at least. When you're present that's in person, when you're presenting online, you need to do that more often. So every three to five minutes, you need to find opportunities to interact with the audience. And then final thing, from a delivery perspective, there are a few differences. So when I say delivery, I'm not talking about the content of your presentation. I'm talking about how you deliver your content. So things like eye contact, body language, gestures. If we think about just one thing, eye contact, the principle is the same. We want to make eye contact with the audience. The way we do that is different. In person, you want to, the way you make good eye contact in person is, it's always a person-to-person -person interaction. So ideally, you should look at each person in the audience for a complete sentence or a complete thought, more or less, and then you change the person you're looking at when you change the sentence or the thought. So that's what you do in person. Online, rather than looking at the screen or looking at yourself, looking at the other people, looking at your slides, you want to look at the lens of the camera as much as possible because that's where your audience is. So three key things I've noticed, the importance of technology, audience interaction, and some differences from a delivery perspective. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Um, I've actually, I've just come away from delivering a talk myself today as as this is being recorded um so i delivered a talk all about acceptance and brand acceptance and the role that um accepting who you are as a person whether it's your personal brand or, or your business brand or what makes you different is is ultimately a bit of a superpower um but yeah i'm, I'm curious to know having just delivered that talk um what are the specific skills that you believe are necessary in order to become a more confident speaker? The most important one is your ability to develop a compelling message. Mm. And there's a misunderstanding here because when, when we talk about building confidence in presenting, communicating, speaking in public, a lot of people immediately start thinking about delivery skills. Again, body language, gestures, mm. eye contact. These are important things, but they're not the most important things. In my experience, Daniel, 80% of your confidence comes from your ability to develop a compelling message. If you don't have a story that resonates with the audience, if you don't have a message which is simple for the audience to understand, clear for them to follow, relevant to your audience and their needs, and why not, even original and enjoyable, without that, it doesn't matter how strong, how good you are from a delivery perspective. So that's the most important thing, your message, and that's one skill we need to have, mm. the skill to develop a compelling message. The other thing is, now for example, in your talk today, did you use slides? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I did. So you did, uh, and you are a designer, so I'm sure you did it very well. What I often see instead is the typical death by PowerPoint. Where we've got lots of text and bullet points, yeah. cluttered slides. People, as you know, can't read a listen at the same time. So we need to, we don't have to use slides all, all the time, but when we do, we need to do it effectively. They can be very powerful 
to amplify again UI is a brand designer design can be very powerful if we do it well yeah. otherwise it works the opposite way so we we need to the other skill is the visual aspect we need to be able to use visuals that support and reinforce what we are saying no cluttered slides that replicate what we are saying so that's another skill that we need to master and then the other one is delivery so it's what you say your message how you say it your delivery skills and what you show when you say it. and it's a bit like if you think about movies daniel a movie has the screenplay that's the con that's the message of the movie a movie also has actors and that covers the delivery side of things and it also has special effects and if any of these three key elements is missing you will not enjoy the movie the same is true with our presentations if any of these three key elements message visuals if we use slides mm -hmm. and delivery so especially message and delivery if if any of this is missing then we will find it hard to reach our objective whatever it is okay that's uh very interesting and um i did use slides and i i tried my best not to i think i had maybe one slide that had four bullet points the rest of them it was just images and the images were there to reinforce the point that i was saying um i'm a visual person i used images and also gifs because i think gifs are quite funny um so i interjected a little bit little bit of humor and and playfulness in there um so yeah um, hopefully it went down well. But the thing that crossed my mind this morning, okay, so when I arrived, I arrived prepared. But at the at the place, they had a projector, which is a little bit older than the projectors I'm used to using when I deliver talks at universities. Um, and so my Mac, which is pretty much brand new, didn't talk to this projector it just wasn't having it so we had to use a pc now when i put my presentation together it was in keynote and the pc doesn't have keynote so i then had to convert this to this all happened today to a, a powerpoint presentation now everything was fine but i i felt quite a little bit flustered having to deal with all that because i thought right i'm prepared i'm gonna be okay and then as I was scrolling through, for some reason in the PowerPoint presentation, I couldn't see all of my notes. So some of my prompts and some of my notes, I had to kind of ad lib, which then put me in a bit of a, oh, have I missed that bit? Oh, carry on. They don't know. Now, what are your thoughts on being able to deliver presentations without notes? And is that something that you've you've done yourself? Yeah. So, so. I've got a couple of thoughts here. One very much connected to your question and then another one very much connected to what happened to you mm. this morning. So to your question around notes, now I, in my experience, I see two types of speakers. You have the memorizers and the improvisers. The memorizers like to have a script word for word or certainly they like to, to rely on their notes. Whereas the improvisers prefer to have more freedom on stage. Now, there's no right or wrong approach. There's only the approach that works for you. And by the way, it's a spectrum. It's not that you are either 100% a memorizer or 100% an improviser. Maybe you are somewhere in between. For example, I am 
maybe 75% towards the memorizers. Okay. And it doesn't really matter where you are, as long as you know where you are in this spectrum. Especially for improvisers, I always encourage them to rehearse a number of times. And if you do that, then you will be able to... You can have some notes just as a backup, as a plan B, to give you the comfort that you need in case anything goes wrong. But then if you rehearse, and when I say rehearse, Daniel, a lot of people think that they are rehearsing. They are not. They are practicing. Now, practicing means that you go through your presentation, you go through your slides, for example. For each slide, you think about what to say. Maybe as you do that, you realize that you need to change something, so you go ahead and change it. Yeah. That's a practice session, which is important, but it's not enough. In addition to that, we need to rehearse. And rehearsing means repeating your presentation out loud, not in your head, out loud from the very beginning to the very end without stopping as if there is a real audience in front of you. And this then will help you whether or not you have notes. Now, on top of that, what great presenters do is they rehearse in the real world, like in an environment which either an actual environment or at least a mental environment, which is as close as possible to the real environment that they will have in on that situation in the presentation. And then, again, going back to what happened to you this morning, I'll give you an example. The very first thing we do when we work with a client in preparation for actual presentations, we always go through what we call the ABC of preparation. ABC stands for audience, burning needs, and context. And context is connected to what happened to you, which means that you need to take some time in preparation for any presentation, any speaking opportunity. You need to take some time and ask yourself some questions about the audience. Who are they? their burning needs, what do they really need, what do they expect from your presentation, but also the context. And the context means, okay, is it one-to-one, is it one-to-many, is it in-person, is it online? If it's in-person, in what kind of room will your presentation take place? What kind of projector do they have? Will Do you want to show some slides? Can you do that? So if you ask either yourself or depending on your context, maybe in this case the organizers, if you had asked the organizers, um, I, I don't want to put you on the spotlight. No, but what kind of projector do you yeah, have? Yeah, what kind of projector? Yeah, exactly. Then you could have anticipated what yeah. then happened. Yeah. I'll give you... So what happened to you is nothing compared to what happened to a client of ours some time ago. Okay. She, Her name is Marie. She's an executive. She's an expert in leadership. And she was invited, but she's from Paris. She was invited by an association in Finland to give a talk about leadership. She was super excited. It was one of the first international speaking opportunities. And so she prepared really well. Remember, Danielle, the the three things, the three skills, message, visuals, and delivery. So she was prepared from a content perspective. She told us that she prepared 50, 50 beautiful slides. And also she rehearsed. And so she was ready to go. She flew to Finland the day before the conference then arrived there on the day, half an hour before the audience, because she wanted to make sure that she had time to set things up. And when she was about to connect her laptop to the screen, she realized that there was no screen. So it wasn't just the project, there was no screen. So a little bit of panic, 
she went and asked the organizers, assuming that they would say, oh, sorry, Marie, now we are going to find a screen for you. But what they did instead was they started laughing. They started laughing. And so she says, why are you laughing? And they say, look, Marie, you want to show 50 slides, but actually you've been invited to give a talk to the association in Finland of blind people. Blind people. Now, Danielle, I know it's an ex- extreme example. Yeah. It sounds like a bad job, but it <laughs> happened for real. Why? Wow. See, Marie was very well prepared, yeah. apart from one thing. She didn't know the audience. She didn't even take the time to translate the name of the association from Finnish to French, and she would have realized that perhaps there was no need to have 50 beautiful slides. The lesson for all of us is that if we want to make sure that our presentation, we should want to make sure that our presentations are relevant to the audience, which is the most important communication principle of all, we need to start with them. We need to start with the audience, their needs, and the context as well. Wow, that is, what a story. That's powerful. It's made me, sorry, Marie, if if you are listening, it's, it's made me feel a little bit better, but it just goes to show, even when you think you've prepared, you can miss, it's so easy to miss things. Um, I mean, how did she overcome that? She like like in your case, you had to in the end you need to go ahead. Yeah. So you you found your way this morning to go ahead, even if you couldn't use keynote. Or say for example that you had maybe animations or some transitions yeah. that in PDF yeah. you, you couldn't have used them. So you, you go ahead anyway. Now for for her it was even worse, but mm-hmm. you need to now if you are connecting to if we want to connect the dots today, if you are rehearsed. If you have internalized your content, you, need, you don't need to memorize it, but you do need to internalize your content. If you are really prepared, rehearsed, and if you've internalized your message, then it's going to be, I'm not saying that it, it will be okay, but mm-hmm. it's going to be much easier for yeah. you to go ahead anyway. Yeah, yeah. That's really good advice. And thank you so much for, for sharing that story. Um, so today I talked about acceptance in in terms of branding um but why do you think presentations are so crucial in the realm of brand building itself you can have the greatest idea in the world but if you can't communicate it it doesn't matter i'm sorry to say that but our idea i'm including my ideas as well here our ideas are worthless unless we can communicate them. And that's why this is so important. If you want to build a brand, if you want to grow your business, then whatever it is that you do, your idea, when I say an idea, it could be a product, it could be a, I know that your listeners, your audiences, your audience here are are small business owners. So they have a business, they have an idea, they have a product, they have a service. That doesn't matter unless you are able to communicate it effectively. And I think, Daniel, that what we do is very similar in terms of, our objective and the way we help our, our clients. Now you help them show up in a much more professional, in a better way from a branding perspective. We do something similar. We just tackle it from a different perspective, which is communication and presentation skills. And when we communicate our ideas, it's a bit like a first date. A presentation is a bit like a first date. 
it's an opportunity to make a great first impression. And the problem I see is that so many people and companies make the big mistake of making an invisible first impression when presenting. So it's not that they make a bad first impression, although sometimes they do, but often they don't make a good first impression either. It's just invisible. And that's what we want to change. That's what we need to change. If you want to be able to grow your business, inspire your audience, increase your influence, if you want to make a bigger impact, then you need to pay attention, not just to your thing, your product, your service, your idea. You also need to pay attention to the way you communicate your idea. That's what makes a difference. Okay. So I feel like what you're talking about there is is about having a, a compelling message then in order to communicate the idea. So you've got, I sometimes have this with my students where they've got an idea and I'm not getting it and they've just not communicated it well. And then through further conversation or maybe them reframing it or them telling someone else, the idea has been, I've got it. And, and then I'm like, oh, okay, so that's what you meant. And that's what you were trying to say. And it can be really difficult to do it in order to actually get what's in your head out and articulate it well um, in order to capture then, you know, your audience's attention. So what approach or techniques do you recommend for someone that wants to really start crafting a compelling message? One of the most important principles is to simplify a message. What you've just described, Daniel, I see all the time with our, with our clients as well. It's the number one problem in communication. Often, we know so much about a subject, our idea, because we're talking about business owners, leaders, people who are very good at what they do. They know their stuff. They have experience, expertise. And so they know so much about their topic if you want they are also so close to it that they think first of all they think that everything is important and so they think that they need to communicate everything they also think that what they are communicating is simple and clear and engaging but often the experience from the audience's perspective is the opposite it's confusing and in communication it's very simple if you confuse you lose you lose your audience you lose their attention. You lose it, not just during the presentation, you lose it for good. So we need to be able to simplify a message. If you think about writing, all experienced writers know that the secret to great writing is not in what they say. It's in what they don't say. The more they remove, the better the article, or the better the book, the better the email. And the same is true with our presentations. So, and, and because you said often we are very close to it and then we find it hard to, to see for ourselves. And this is the number one problem in communication. It's called the curse of knowledge, which is our inability to imagine what it means not knowing what we know. It's our inability to put ourselves in the audience's shoes. And so, for example, I'll give you a, a, a practical for our listeners, a practical tool, an exercise that people can, can do. Think about your next presentation. Try to summarize the core idea behind that presentation in maximum 70 words. That's it, 70 words, 30 seconds. If you can communicate in that time, then you can communicate it longer. 
If not, your message isn't simple enough. And if you get stuck, if you don't know what how to do that, try and follow a formula like that. What? So what? What next? What? So what? What next? Here is what this means. First of all, you want to tell your audience the what. What's the key message? What's the one thing they need to take away? What's the one thing they need to understand and remember? That's important, but it's not enough. So what? Tell them. Why should they care? Mm. Why is your idea, your message important and relevant to them, not to you as the presenter? And that's the key to effective communication. And, and then what next? Now that they care, now that they understand why this is important to them, what do you want them to do after your presentation? Or at least, what do you want them to believe, to feel after your presentation? And that's one way, what, so what, what next? One way for you to be able to simplify your message. I love that. So what, so what, what next? That's, it sounds so simple when you put it like that, Andrea. <laughs> Yeah, of course, <laughs> yeah. Th that's why going back to the course of knowledge, it's very easy to fall into this trap unless we find a way to get access to some sort of an external perspective. Yeah, We see the course of knowledge all the time, if you think about it. We say between writers and readers, between teachers and students. Did you have, for example, if you think about when you, when you were studying at school or university, did you have one professor who you could see he or she knew everything about the subject, but they were not able to explain it to the students or simplify for the students. Did you have that experience? Yeah, sometimes we'd be, we'd, we'd be told something and we just wouldn't quite get it. Yeah. And then you ask your peers, oh, what do you think? Did you get that? And everyone's sometimes a little bit reluctant to say, I actually don't understand. <laughs> And put their hands and that, up. And that, what's that? That's the curse of knowledge. Yeah. And we, we, we see between presenters and, and the audience, between sellers and buyers. So we need to overcome the curse of knowledge. We need to get ex an external perspective, which could be that sometimes you can do that on your own by giving a presentation on Zoom, you record it, and you watch yourself. And then mm. you become aware of so many dynamics that you can't be aware of Awareness is super important to improve our communication skills if you don't do that. And you could deliver your presentation in front of colleagues and you get that feedback. You could work, of course, if you want to take it to the next level with, with, a, with a professional, yeah. with a presentation coach. Mm. But getting that external perspective is crucial. It's funny, I talked about that very thing this morning, that this idea that... Um, the the perception we have about ourselves and our business is often an, an assumption and that in order to really dig deep and find out what what is true is to ask is to get feedback so I'd, i completely agree with what you're saying there in terms of um you know whether it's asking for feedback but also what you said about recording yourself and watching it back, not something I've thought about doing, especially in a Zoom kind of setting. Um, so I think that's really good advice. Awareness. It gives you it gives you awareness. And often if you want to improve some especially your delivery skills, then the first step is you need to become aware of what's going on from a delivery perspective. Are you using too many filler words, for example? 
or are you not making eye contact? What about your posture? Well, if you watch yourself, even if you're not a presentation coach, you will become aware of of, of certain dynamics. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, this is just the first step. Yeah. Then it's a matter of practicing, practicing, practicing. But if you practice while being aware of certain dynamics, it's going to be it's going to be much easier to overcome them. Okay, I know there were there were um, there was a videographer at the talk today. So once that comes back, I'm going to make a conscious effort to go and watch it. Um, and yeah, think about all the things that you've said. Um, another thing that I found interesting that you said was around um, knowledge and the fact that we've got so much knowledge then makes it even harder for us to be able to really share the, the simple stuff so that other people can get it. Um, I I love learning. I'm always reading. I'm always having conversations with people, doing courses. Um, I plan on on learning for the rest of my life, but sometimes that can be a bit of a hindrance. Um, and speaking of learning and reading, I know that you have um, a book, um, which I believe is, is coming up or uh, yeah, not at yet called Confident Presenter. Um, that sounds really in- intriguing. So um, can you share a bit of a, a sneak peek into what our listeners could maybe expect from that. Oh, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, Danielle. Yes, uh, it, it, it will be out on the 18th of July, Confident Presenter. And what we said earlier, it's not about your delivery skills. So people may think that it's about your delivery. It's not. It's about your ability. It, it, I go through a, a framework, a, a method a step-by-step process for you to be able to develop a compelling message because remember 80% of your confidence comes from that particular skill, that particular ability. So we go through five principles, simple. At Ideas on Stage, we have our own method. We call it presentation score. You want to score when you give a presentation, like in football. And score stands for five principles, simple, clear, original, related, like relevant to the audience, and enjoyable. So I cover these five principles and I, in the book I give examples from our own clients and tools and templates that people can use for them to be able to make sure that their next presentations and communications in general meet these five principles. These are, these are the five key principles for powerful presentations. Wow, that sounds good. That sounds like it's going to be a really good book. Let's see. Let's see how it goes. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm super. I've been working on it for the the actual writing started more than a year ago, but then of course it's the result of years of experience. So I'm proud of it. But of course, it doesn't matter what I think. Let's see what what the readers will think. As always, feedback, right? <laughs> um. So, um. Obviously, many individuals struggle with speaking comfortably to others in public I think public speaking is probably one of the most feared things that people ever imagine having to do Um, what advice do you have for someone that has a real fear of that and but has to deliver how can they start to improve their delivery and be able to really engage an audience effectively and confidently First of all, we need to understand that if if you fear public speaking, 
if you feel some anxiety and nerves around it, you are not alone. Apparently, I don't know if it's true, you know, one of these quotes, but it, it makes a point. Mark Twain is supposed to have said that there are, that there are only two types of speakers, those who get nervous and those who are liars. And I agree with that. I'm a presentation coach. I give presentations all the time. I help others, and we do it with our colleagues. We help others do the same, but I feel nervous all the time before a presentation. So if you feel nervous, you are not alone. Now, I'll give you a few little things or practical things people can do, but then I'll give you the actual thing we need to do. Okay, thanks, Andrea. <laughs> so what, one thing, is, like, for example, drinking water, drinking water, not just before the presentation, or but say, for example, that you have a presentation in the afternoon or in the evening, make sure that you drink water throughout the day, not too much, of course, but to avoid dry mouth, because often we have dry mouth that comes with anxiety, so that's one thing. Movement is also super important. Presenting, what, what happens is that we've got, when we are anxious about something, we've got a lot of excess energy a lot of energy flowing through our body we want to get some of that energy out and the best way to do that rather than waiting for your turn to speak while being seated for example go for a walk if you can go for a walk outside i know that it's not always possible but if it is possible to just go for a walk stretch yourself much better so the right breathing breathing is super powerful so for example what i do before any presentation i have a like a one minute ritual if you want which also includes breathing I breathe out through the nose and I count to four. And sorry, I breathe in through the nose and I count to four. And then I breathe out through my mouth and I count to six. You want to make sure that when you breathe out, you make that longer than when you breathe in. That helps you to relax. We also need to learn how to breathe with our belly. So most people breathe with our chest. But when we breathe with the chest, this is like panic breathing yeah. or it's like it's useful when you do sport for example but when we are presenting the, the dynamic is different and if we learn to breathe with our belly it helps us relax so you see there are little practical things we can do however none of these things will help unless we've rehearsed and that's the actual thing unless we've internalized a message the best way to overcome public speaking anxiety is to know what to really know what you're talking about and the best way to know what you're talking about is to rehearse uh, let, let me let me finish with this when it comes to rehearsing daniel in ted talk chris anderson who's the, the used to be the the organizer of the conference the ted conference in his book ted talks or ted talk yeah ted talks he uses a great analogy. He says that rehearsing is a bit like climbing a mountain. When you climb a mountain, let's say that you want to climb a mountain, you start going up and then you stop, you will never get to the top of the mountain. So you need to keep climbing. You need to keep going up. When you are rehearsing, it's the same thing. Say, for example, that you have an important presentation coming up and say that you rehearse once or twice and then you stop. What will happen is that you will not feel confident because you will appear robotic. But when you appear robotic, it's not because you have rehearsed. A lot of people tell me, you know what, I don't want to rehearse because I want to be myself. I want to be natural. I want to be authentic. I want to be spontaneous. You will achieve all of these things if you rehearse. 
So you appear robotic not because you rehearse, but because you don't do enough. If you don't do enough, then you appear robotic. The more, of course, there is a limit and there is no magic number. What works for me doesn't work for, may not work for other people. But in principle, the more you rehearse, the more natural and spontaneous you, you will appear. The more you rehearse, the more natural and spontaneous you'll appear. That is very interesting. I'd never thought about something like that before. But yeah, it makes sense. Um, I can see why you you do what you do. Um, it's been a fantastic conversation. And um, yeah, I wish you well on your journey to continuing to help hundreds of thousands more business leaders really share their message and grow their business because it's all about having a positive impact on the world isn't it so thank you very much andrea for talking to us today thank you very much daniel thank you for the opportunity appreciate it and just before you go if anyone wants to connect with you and find out more about what you do what's the best way for them to do that couple of things so they can find me on linkedin that's that's the main platform i use with my name andrea pacini and our website ideasonstage.com and then one thing that could be useful is people can take the we have an online tool it's a free tool the confident presenter scorecard people can google it confident presenter scorecard and it's an online tool a free tool that allows you to assess your current presentation skills against the five principles that I talk about in the book. And it takes less than three minutes. You just need to answer a few questions, yes or no. You'll get a score. The The tool will tell you what the score means for you. And it also identifies opportunities for improvement. So yeah, check it out. Fantastic. We'll be adding all of those to the show notes. Thank you so much, Andrea. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to Build Better Brands. I am so grateful to have you tuning into the show and I'd love to thank you personally. So wherever you are in the world, remember to tag at Danielle Clark Creative in your social media posts and stories. Let us know when you're listening. You want to know what you've enjoyed about the show and give you a shout out. And if you would like to help more people like you discover the show, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. It's going to help us rank higher and reach more listeners. It's also a great way for us to help you with the problems your brand might be facing. Suggest a topic in your review and we might feature it and you in one of our episodes. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.